0: and welcome to Knitting Shop Live, the podcast reported because <laughs> we do the news here. We are recording live from the studio of Finally the Knitting Corner in the heart of Prospect Park. We're your hosts, Brianna, Kathy, Natalie, and Stephanie. And a huge thanks to our listeners joining us from their corner of the world. So today's episode is our 130 first podcast episode. So if you guys know how to do math, that's almost two years worth of podcast episodes, which is awesome. We're having fun and we hope you listeners are as well. Um, But today for this special episode, we're going to be talking about our 10 principles of knitting. Um, So now it's time to grab a drink and listen up because we're about to get started. Do you ladies wanna do a quick chat about what's on our needles today? Yeah. Okay. Here comes more disappointment. No, I'm kidding. Oh. I'm, I'm working on the summer soundtrack. I've actually been knitting on it a little bit every day. Um, and I did lie about starting a new project because I caught a second wind on this one. So I'm just keeping it going until it's done. We'll see what happens right. though. I, I'm not sure. Life is a little messy right now, but it's
1: good perfect. Well, it's a great project. Just keep working on it. So on my knitting needles, I have officially done all of my Christmas knitting, all of my prior workshop knitting. I literally, the other night when I was watching TV, watching the football game, I knit a dishcloth. Okay. Can I just say, Um, so I'm getting ready to start quite a few projects, but I'm holding off until I can really put my head into them because they're garments and I want to get gauge and sizing and all that. So what I did start last night, and I am loving it, is a pair of peel tab socks. They never, ever get old, and I hadn't had a pair of socks going for a little bit, so I'm happy to have a sock going.
2: Nice. Love it. I'm a big supporter of socks at all times. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, For me, so I finished the color block blanket I was working on for my friend, so that's done and I picked back up the I feel like it's called the Emiliana shawl it was a shawl that we did a few calendars ago and it's really really pretty I've been having a blast knitting and I've been knitting on it a little bit every day just like Brianna with her soundtrack so I feel like it's really I'm really getting back into touch with my knitting every single day it's good yeah very nice well I have big
3: news this week so since i don't know march i've been saying pretty much the same thing over and over again that i have been working on and this week i finished my cabled blanket it is done i have a few ends to weave in um but it is done it's been in the washer and the dryer Mm -hmm. and my husband doesn't want me to give it away as a gift but it's going um But love, love, love this blanket. I wasn't sure if it was going to get done and I powered through and it is done. And I finished the Christmas stocking enough for my son. I have a few things to do after Christmas for it, but it is hanging up on my mantle with the other Christmas stockings. And uh, the last Christmas gift is the bolster pillow. And I am probably about, I don't know, four rows from being done and binding off that one. So I did it without any sleep so you can knit too
0: that's
1: <laughs> awesome you guys are good I'm so impressed everybody really reached their goals that mm-hmm. is huge huge
0: all right um so kathy do you want to share a little bit about what the heck the principles of knitting are are
1: <laughs> These topics come from so yeah absolutely so this week is you know one of those weeks where you're just like lots of memories lots lots of reflection as we are just about a week away from retirement uh yeah that's crazy so and as I was thinking about it I was thinking back to what what was it like before that right when the shop was getting ready to start so I had this moment and this is what I totally remembered is I was down the shore the week before we opened the shop. It was July 15th of 2003 that we opened. So it was like the week before that. And I can still remember exactly where I was sitting. I can feel the breeze coming in the window. And I just thought to myself, oh, I have just left Schwab and Schwab had, has the 10 principles of investing. And they were always great guides, great cornerstones, great touch points for the guidance we gave people um, with investment advice. So I'm like, well, I guess if Charles Schwab has 10 principles, of course, a knitting shop should have 10 principles. So I sat there in my orange notebook and wrote down the 10 principles submitting the as they popped into my head. So I just was like, wow, we, this was always on the back of the calendars when we published a paper calendar
3: mm-hmm.
1: and it was on our website for a very long time also. Uh, so it's always been a visible, uh, resource and actually, um, somewhere in the world before we really got too high tech, but somewhere in the world, several people did, um, copy it and share it and pass it around out there. So I was like, oh my goodness gracious. So anyway, I thought it'd be fun to revisit what happened just before the knitting shop opened as we're getting ready for retirement. And um, with that comes the knitting shop closing. So there you go.
0: Awesome.
1: All right, well, should we read,
0: we'll go for it. We'll just jump into the very first one all right so the first principle of knitting is it's all about the awesome yarn choices simple stitches and patterns create gorgeous pieces Um, absolutely (laughs) (laughs) I think enough has been said about that
1: you know you know as as you were just reading that Brianna too just to add a little bit more uh, background on this I I did not know what I know now about knitting when I opened the knitting shop Mm -hmm. I was on a journey of learning so as I'm looking at that pencil I'm going well that was a pretty good one I really had no idea but it I do think it's still true that if you have a simple stitch and you use gorgeous yarn Mm
2: -hmm. it
1: works great yeah yeah and you bought gorgeous yarn just go for a simple stitch
0: yeah I actually I think about that a lot and I'm gonna say all of the projects which aren't a whole lot but the projects that I have put down and never finished are because it was either the pattern was way too involved for my level of learning at the time or I hated the yarn so it's like literal if you want to knit just make sure it's at your skill level and you love what you're doing and what you're doing with.
2: Yeah, it reminds me, I'm watching a lot of Great British Bake Off right now, like the science behind baking, like how like using different things creates different products. Like, I find it really fascinating because I feel like this is the science behind knitting. Like, yeah. you could make one piece in the wrong yarn and you'll hate it. I've repurposed yarn so many times because halfway through knitting a sweater. I just hate it because I'm not using the right thing for the right garment. Mm-hmm. But I think, uh, you know as if you if you learn how to do that science correctly and learn like what's good for what it can be a really rewarding thing it's a very cool that's why it's good to have experts like us yes <laughs> right <laughs> i was just reading
3: that Kathy and i thought the same thing that you did that you wrote these before you even opened and just all the gorgeous yarn that was in the store is so true to that first statement. All that yarn that people would come and shop and would touch and feel, and we would go, just feels so good. Um, and so many of the garments, they weren't overly over the top crazy stitch patterns. They were usually simple stitch patterns and they were so beautiful because of the yarn that was in the shop that people were buying.
1: Yeah, the quality of it, yeah, absolutely. All right, that's um, number
0: one. So number two is Strive to relax and have fun. Do not strive for perfection. That I feel like is my ultimate, my life's goal is to strive to not be perfect. Cause you know, I just am always. No, I'm kidding. You are,
2: Brianna. You really I that, are.
0: I have that perfectionistic like personality trait. Like I need to be awesome at everything. And knitting is very humbling in that sense where Nothing is ever perfect and that's okay. And that's the reason why I love it so much because it helps me in other parts of my life with
1: that issue. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking too is for the person who is, who really does strive to work hard to be perfect, who will have perfect results. Mm-hmm. Not that you yourself are perfect, but the results of what I was working on, it is perfect. Um, you know, it, I think knitting is a great exercise to say the outcome was good, it's not Perfect, but the outcome is good. Um, I did my best. So, actually, that principle is pretty much my life. Don't strive for perfection. (laughs) I am um, so far from perfection. Uh, And I just really truly, at the end of every day, I strive to remember to ask myself, you know, it wasn't a perfect day, whether it was my knitting project or something else that I was managing. But did I do my best? I did my best. That's all it is. So yeah. Plus it's fun to have a little mistake in your sweater that nobody else knows is there and they're there. Trust me. They're there. All right, Natalie, how about your
2: thoughts on that? It's stress reducing, not stress inducing. That's my thought. And I think that there's a lot of parallels between knitting and meditation and yoga, like just that whole idea of like, You know, if you find your mind wandering when you, when you meditate, you're just supposed to acknowledge it and move on. I like to use that in my knitting. I messed up. It's not going to make or break my sweater. I'm just going to acknowledge it and move on. If a man on a horse riding past me couldn't tell that there was a mistake, it's not a mistake.
3: (laughs) Right. That's right. So for me, it always reminds me of our bring room project classes and um, people who would think that all of ours were perfect Mm -hmm. and that, you know, well, I need it to be perfect because Kathy knits perfectly. I'm like, no, none of us knit perfectly. It's just, if it's a big enough one, yes, fix it. But if not, let it, let it go. And it was, I can't remember, I mean, so many countless times we would just say, let it go. It's going to be okay. Just let it go we all make mistakes in our knitting all of us
0: yeah absolutely we are not machines
3: Mm-mm-mm. and even
0: those make mistakes so here we are just having a good time <laughs> all right um number three is be clever and daring take a risk <laughs> I, I like that one a lot i feel like okay, now I'm just like telling everybody about my really bad personality (laughs) traits. I have a perfectionistic tendency and I hate taking risks. I'm a very cautious person in everything. But knitting is that one thing that you, no one's getting hurt if you do something different than what it says. And it's not gonna ruin anyone's day or anyone's life by doing something different. So, it, knitting is perfect
1: for being risky. Yep. It, it reminds me too of we had these experiences with kids' camps. So, mm-hmm. back when we did kids' camp and we had adult classes going on, then we had kids' camps, it was always this huge um, experience for me to reflect on and realize that adults are not good risk takers. Yeah. children are especially with knitting well children take risks that maybe they shouldn't take once in a while but typically we'd always say it's safe to do that with your knitting you can take the risk with knitting but um and it comes down to knitting without fear so elizabeth smith elizabeth, elizabeth zimmerman a matriarch of knitting a year eons ago wrote a book knitting without tears and it was one of the first books that gusty sent to me when i got back to knitting and fell in love with it. And I, I love it. Uh, her perspective is just so um, edgy for a woman of her generation. <laughs> but when we were doing, what I observed with the children in our kids camp, I kept thinking, I want to write a book knitting without fears, not tears, but fears. And it's that take a risk. Don't be afraid. Yeah. Stephanie, how about you
2: gals? I feel like, what you said, Kathy, about how kids are really good risk takers is so true. Cause we were just talking about that in our crochet class recently. I was talking to a few of the crocheters about it, um, how, you know, you can't be afraid to learn the stitches. Like you've gotta, you've gotta just like trust yourself that you know it and just go for it. And if something doesn't look right, just kind of figure it out. And like, there's a lot of eyeing it up. You just gotta be comfortable with what you're doing and trust yourself. Um, but I was saying like, I, I feel like because I learned how to knit and crochet when I was younger, I'm very reckless with it as an adult. Like I am much more willing, I feel like to like step off of a ledge and take a huge risk because it was a skill that I had when I was young. And it it feels natural to me to just like do whatever I want with my knitting and just do something crazy. And if it doesn't work out, it's okay. But in other areas of my life that I might not have like learned the skill set for like until later, like cooking, for example, I am not okay with that. I absolutely need to follow a recipe. Like, please do no, not ask me what flavors go well together. I don't know. Like, I need other people to tell me. So, I think it's, I think there's something to that, like in a lot of ways. Yeah.
3: It's a really good point, especially with the comparison to cooking. Um, I'm going to dare everybody that has never taken their needles off of their live stitches to go back and fix a mistake, just do it. It's going to be okay. Take those needles out and go back. Do not go back stitch by stitch. It's going to be okay. The first time I did it was on my Christmas stocking. And this is before I worked at the knitting shop. And when I picked up my stitches, they were absolutely twisted. And I didn't know it at the time. And I finished my stick, like Christmas stocking and I looked back. And then that's when I recognized what a twisted stitch looks like. So even if you don't do it perfectly, take the risk because you might learn something from it. From when you go and do it again um and so now i can recognize a twisted stitch and, and all that all because i took that risk of just taking my needles out and going back instead of going back stitch by stitch
0: that's a really good point i mean w- the worst thing that could possibly happen is you don't like the way it comes out but mm-hmm. that's a, it's how you learn It's gonna come out fine and that's how you learn it. exactly mm-hmm
1: great added perspective to taking the rest you'll learn something while you do it absolutely
0: awesome all right um number four is every mistake can be fixed <laughs> fix it with knitting fix it with
1: wine <laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs> just fix it by going to bed forget about yeah. it <laughs> yes. well you know, as you're reading that, Brianna, what I'm thinking about is, yeah, every, mis- every single mistake in knitting can be fixed. I always like to say, and we just did the mistake class again, which was one of our great fun classes to do. Um, everything and anything can happen in your knitting. Absolutely. And there's the one textbook that jokingly Gusty and I had gotten when we went to a trade show was like, I don't know about 400 pages on all different mistakes. It's like, Oh my goodness. So, but they can all be fixed if that's what you want to do. But you know, that principle is sort of like, it can be fixed. But what I'd like to add to that is, but does it doesn't need to be fixed. So yeah. don't feel compelled to have to, but you can, if you want to.
2: Yeah. Natalie and Stephanie, how about you gals? I think, yeah, very true. Like it, everything can be fixed and a lot of times my favorite fix is like put it down sleep on it and bring bring it back the next day with fresh eyes I feel like fresh eyes sometimes are the best remedy because I always tend to understand my problems better when I revisit them versus after I've made the mistake
0: yeah that helps with the decision too of do I want to fix that thing Mm -hmm. is taking that the night or the minute to put
3: it down take a break from it and come back later. And I think this one also puts in perspective at the end of the day, we all love to knit. Obviously that's why we all do this as a job, Um, but it's just yarn, it's just yarn. So it can be fixed, whether that involves cutting it, not cutting it, going back, like it's just yarn. (laughs) It's not anything but yarn and yarn doesn't expire. So how many projects have we put down and walked away from for months or a year? It didn't expire. It's still there. It's still workable yarn. It's going to be there.
2: Yeah. yeah,
3: All right. Number five
0: is swatch, swatch, swatch. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like this is something that people, that no one does enough. And I think when I think of, Swatch, at least in this sense, it's not always like a gauge swatch how you think about it, but like also the practice aspect of things, just like in the fixing mistakes class. Those mistakes that were being fixed in class were on a swatch they were not on a project, so those are things that you can practice.
1: Yeah, they are, swatches are so meaningful. So today, Ed and I were walking, I was talking about the topic for this evening and this was the one principle that he knew. He goes, I mean, he thought it was number seven, but it's number five. He goes, swatch, swatch, swatch. I'm like, yeah. And he said to me, what is that? So I explained to him, you know, a swatch is a, practice, it's a sample piece and it's a sample, as you mentioned, Brianna, it can be used for practicing. It can be used, it is necessary to be used for measuring your stitches. So swatch, 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 you know, it, if you are knitting, particularly garments for yourself and you want them to fit and you want them to wear, you want to wear them, you got to invest yourself into the swatching prep, into the swatching process, say that 10 times. Um, And I think I, I get excited to do the swatches. I know I want to start my project, but a swatch allows me to get that, that yarn moving through my fingers. So I'm experiencing this yarn as well. So it's sort of like the um, appetizer to your project. Yeah. I like
2: it's that, like
0: the appetizer. When you're um, cake tasting for a wedding, you get to taste all the samples <laughs> before you there pick you know. one that you want to use. <laughs> there you go.
2: I love this watch too, because I feel like it's sometimes, like when you really need bindless knitting or like when you really want something that's low stakes, high reward, like, picking up a swatch and learning something new, you're never gonna regret doing that. And you don't need to keep it. Like you're not gonna use up yarn. Like I, I'm very much so like that person that needs to plan out what yarn is going towards what projects. And if I have leftovers, I'm the person who needs to figure out like, okay, what am I gonna do with those? But you know, with a swatch, you don't need to worry about what yarn you're using. You can use whatever you want. So I, I think that like, it's a good reset too. Yeah. This just reminds me of
3: those yarn tastings that we did, um, where you would get to try out the different types of yarn. I mean, where else do you have that opportunity to do that? Where you can do a little swatch and feel just how the yarn feels. Do I like to knit with this? Would I purchase this item? Um, that was a really cool couple of um, events that we got to do.
2: Yeah. And it was so cool oh. to see what people did with their swatches, too. Because mm-hmm. We like the bunting that we had, like with swatches. I think someone was making like a scarf or something, or like bookmarks out of them. Like it's it's really fascinating to me how creative people are with stuff like that. It makes mm-hmm. me so really happy. That little
1: project, um, it is really cool. So here, as we're you know, we're wrapping up a year here, it's almost the end of 2021, and 2022 is fast approaching. If you're looking for resolutions, Chris, I don't make resolutions because I break them all within the first day or two. But if you're looking for maybe a new practice in the new year, I did this um, prior to opening the knitting shop again. When I got back into knitting, I was very passionate. I had a really nice stitch dictionary and I wasn't knitting projects initially. I, every night would come home from working at 12 and sit down and take one of those stitch patterns and knit a little swatch of it. And it was really fun. So I was learning such a great variety of stitch patterns in swatches as you were talking about that. That's very it's cool. cool. Yeah.
2: It's good too, because you learn what you like. Like you were able to experiment and you learned what you liked and I, you incorporated a lot of that into like color block and stuff yeah. like that. So there's a lot of value in that exactly just try it out so can I make a suggestion
1: now we're getting we're at the 50 yard line right now so starting with six can we go the opposite direction because we're out of alphabetical order and we're looking looking at each other today so we know who's (laughs) next let's just change it up life is changing let's go for it are
3: you okay with it all right let's go All all right so number six set goals not deadlines I think this is the most ironic one for me to get to be the first person to talk about it because I did not listen to Kathy and I set deadlines for Christmas for all of my knitting. And it was incredibly stressful. And I do not recommend it. I do not recommend that at all. It was set goals, listen to Kathy, just have a goal. And if you don't reach that goal, that's gonna be okay. Do not give yourself a deadline. Um, because then you're not going to sleep for two weeks.
2: Yeah, it does. It will wake you up.
3: Mm-hmm. It's
2: stress reducing, not stress inducing. <laughs> Don't I do feel, it. <laughs> I feel like the most surefire way to stress yourself out is to make yourself like have a deliverable on your knitting. Um, that's like hard, but, like you need to do it. Um, but goal setting is awesome with your knitting because it keeps like, if you don't make it, like you're only letting yourself down a little. And honestly, like by the time I don't make my knitting goal, I'm like, eh, was it realistic? Probably not. (laughs) Um, So I don't know. I think goal setting is a much healthier way to do it. But sometimes you will be in a situation where you're like working against a birthday or working against Christmas. And I think it's all about time management and making sure that, you know, even if you have to lose sleep over it, that at least you're still having fun. Cause that's the point with our knitting. Like, are you having fun? And I mean, like seeing Stephanie's beautiful cable blanket, like you had to have a blast knitting that it's beautiful. It was awesome, yeah. Yeah, so I like, I think as long as you're still having fun, it's okay to work against the deadline. I'm going against the grain here, but I think m- most of the time you should be looking at goal setting.
1: Yeah. So that principle totally came from my corporate world. And, and all of us who have, you know, are either in that current workplace or have been in that workplace, you know, it, it, the workplace where you get a paycheck is very deadline oriented. Of course, there have to be deadlines. Or I would have never gotten anything done at Schwab. Um, so, but yeah, so it came very much from that. And what I really, when I was ready to transition into this new world of a knitting shop it was like you know I don't want to live with any deadlines anymore I I want to relax I want to enjoy it I I want to really have fun and knitting lends itself really nicely to that it it doesn't spoil it's not like the bread on the shelf that is going to you know moldy or whatever so it just lends itself to that but the only deadline and we chatted on this last week and Stephanie you were right there this week I have to say the only deadline and it has to do with deliverables um Natalie is Christmas. Unfortunately, Christmas will always be on December 25th, even though I wish it was in July. Christmas will always be December 25th. It's a tough one. All right.
0: That's why if you're gonna do Christmas gifts, you just start early. As soon as you finish those that year, you start the new ones for the next year. So that way you have a year to do it. But this principle is most of the reason I don't knit gifts for people because I cannot... I can't give myself a deadline or else I will, I would never knit again. That is too stressful for me to have, like, you have to be done by this date or else the world will implode. That does not put me in like a happy, a happy place. So stress
3: reducing my knitting. (laughs) Right. Very, very true. All right. So number seven, never stop learning. I love this one. Because in knitting, there is always something to learn. There's always a new stitch pattern to learn. There's always new information to learn about yarn. There's just so much to learn. Um, even last night, I I've weaved in ends plenty of times. But because this cabled blanket is it's cabled and it's a gift, and I've spent almost a year working on it. I started this before my son was even born, and he was nine months as of yesterday. Um, I really wanted to make sure that my ends were like woven in really well so I went online and I went on to very pink and I um watched one of her videos of and I watched two different videos of different ways that she was weaving in ends just so I could see which way I felt was going to be the best way for this particular blanket and um now I I found a new way that I love to weave in my ends. so
2: you never you never stop learning Yeah. great good No, that's really good. I feel like for, for me, a lot of it too, is like never stop learning from each other. Cause there's such a big, you know, community out there. Like Barry Pink is a huge person that we love to use. Like she's just a great resource of knowledge and she teaches so many people. And like, we're all connected that way. And I think it's really cool to be able to pass things on as well. Like as important as as it is to learn new things, it's also very important to be approachable for teaching too. Because if someone needs you to come to you to learn something, I think it's important to you know lend a hand. Because we're all in this together. It's a it's a one big knitting family and community.
1: <laughs> yeah, the learning piece the never stop learning. You know, there's so many people who have taken up hobbies and crafts or whatever it is, um, whether it be music or creative fiber arts and didn't continue to learn and get bored and they put it down. So there's not very many people that I've met in my lifetime who have gone, oh, I used to knit, but I don't anymore. Um, Most people go, I used to knit, but I, 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 I am a knitter, but I haven't knit for a while. Nobody really ever quits forever. But I do find that the people who seem to be the most passionate about knitting are continuing to learn and their learning is so that it's fresh. It's something interesting. And they're learning like one or two things new in a project. You can't learn everything at once, yeah. but just keep learning. And every time you go, I'm going to do another project and learn one or two more things and continue that learning journey. It's it's huge. And it's good for us. You know, again, I am the, I'm the senior here. I am the aged one here. And I just tell you, especially as I'm getting ready to retire, I really um, strive to find opportunities in my day that I have to find myself or, you know, I have to seek them out. I'm not in a workplace where I'm learning. Mm-hmm. I'm not in a classroom. I need to seek them out. And certainly knitting is entangled. My xylophone, stretch that brain, stretch that brain.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I I enjoy learning a lot. And I think knitting is great for that because just like Stephanie was talking about I, I can't believe that you even not you but like I would never have thought to look at two different videos of weaving in ends but weaving in ends is so simple you would think that okay there's only one way to do it but there's so many ways to do every single thing in knitting that you know if you've done you know this thing one way for a long time and you're getting a little bored with it learn how to do it a different way and that's that is still learning even though you're doing the same thing you have the same outcome but you've now looked at it from a different angle and that creates you know more brain waves in your head i don't know what the science <laughs> fact of it is but you you make more connections between both sides of your brain and you can make connections to other applications of maybe that new thing that you learned and put it into something else i mean people people create new things every day of how to do the same
3: thing but it works it just works it's great absolutely um all right so number eight share the legacy teach someone to knit this one touches my heart really um really well because i started knitting because my mother-in-law suggested to me I think you'd like knitting um and now I love knitting <laughs> so she said I think you I think you would like knitting you should go to Kathy's and do her beginner class um and that was perfect um it was the most wonderful thing that she could have ever said to me um and hopefully one day my daughter wants to learn how to knit or my son that's cool um in which case I will have plenty of friends to pass them on to because I will not teach them. <laughs> they will not learn from me. Um, but there's plenty of people in the community that can teach them. <laughs> but it's it's teaching somebody else to knit. It's a skill. And I've said this before in the podcast where I've gone to a doctor's office and almost always somebody starts a conversation with, oh, you're knitting. What are you knitting? Or, um, And it's just, it's, it's an old skill that I think people really admire. So teaching someone to knit passes on that history, that old skill.
2: Yeah, that's right. yeah. And I will say too, I mean, I feel like teaching goes hand in hand with learning because it is a, a whole skill within itself to be able to, to explain something that you do on a regular basis. Like to be able to explain it in terms and in a way that makes sense to someone who knows nothing about it, that's a big skill. So I think as you teach more people, you, you tend to hone that, but I think to Stephanie's point, it's all about knitting. It's all about connection. It's about connection between people. It's about connection between the reason why you started. I know we get a lot of knitters who come to us because, you know, they are trying to make a Christmas stocking. Like the person who made stockings in their family is no longer making stockings, knitting, or is no longer with us. And they want to step into that role. And I think that that's really incredible because those types of things are things that get passed down, that stay with you forever. And I think I think, being able to teach someone who's really, really interested in stepping into that role, that's what we're all about. We're all about building connection. And you know that that person, when they're done making stockings, are ready to pass it, the torch down to the next generation. They're going to be teaching that next generation. It's a really exciting thing to think about.
1: Mm-hmm. It's, it, yeah, teaching definitely... If you have learned something and you're now able to teach it, you have just learned it even better. I'm I'm always intrigued with that, and it's it's, I, I saw I see that with what we have done. Certainly, you know I can knit, but now I need to teach it. I've got to break this down. I saw it a lot with my dad as a basketball coach. Um, how did he coach that team? How did he break down the skills? It was fascinating, but okay. So as the nearly retired person here. I just keep stepping into Edna's shoes, but this is another reason I'm excited for um, teaching someone to knit. One of the things my mom did early on in her retirement, actually she did it while she was still there, but she continued it in her retirement, teaching what you know is an opportunity to stay engaged in our communities, Mm -hmm. share what you know, offer, you know, maybe at this time, who knows how to do it, but as our world goes back to what it was, um, my mother's favorite thing every week was her day that she went over to school as a volunteer to teach the children to knit the third grade classroom. So it really, I think from where I'm heading in life right now, gives me an opportunity to stay engaged and to have a purpose. I need to get up. Somebody needs to learn to knit. Let me go teach them.
0: Yeah, it definitely is gratifying to to teach to show somebody what knitting is and to teach them how to knit, it it warms my heart when somebody is learning, especially a beginner knitter for the first time and they finally get it. Like it something clicks in their head and then they're just knitting away every row and they they get it. That is the most gratifying thing. But then to be able to pass that on and have more people grow into being knitters whether it's like their family knitters for tradition or you know they just become famous in knitting designers that's wonderful it's great
1: so just one more we've been getting lots of beautiful emails as we're getting ready because I'm getting ready to retire and the ones that just always get what most of them have said thank you for teaching me to knit Mm -hmm. Those same words over and over and over again and I guess I never, I, I mean, I guess it, it's just been so much in, in front of me going, wow, people are thanking me, us for teaching them to knit. So, wow. It's, it's such a great feeling. Okay.
3: On to a new one. Okay. Number nine, put your signature on each gift. I, I like this one. I like this one, because um, it's a little bit different from all the other ones. I also like it in the fact that if all four of us were to knit the same item, it would not look the same. Mm -hmm. It's how we hold the yarn differently. It's how we hold the needles. It's our tension. It's, it's ours. So when you knit something for somebody, Brianna, maybe you don't know this (laughs) for somebody else. Now I'm just messing with you. Um, when you knit for somebody else, that's yours. That's your time. That's your, um, it's your style. And I love that everybody has their own knitting style for when you receive a gift and that's just kind of different, it's cool.
0: Yeah.
2: Sorry guys, I muted myself and I don't know. <laughs> um, I think that's a really good point. Like how you knit is kind of your signature in a way. Um, and I know that we used to see that all the time when we were knitting shop samples. And like I was picking at Max's work or Brianna's work. Like you could tell where we hand it off because we do knit differently. And I would try and channel Brianna when I was knitting on a sample that she had and be like, I need to knit like Brianna right now so that this looks consistent. Um, but yeah, that's a cool way to think about it. The yeah. only other like signature thing that I really think of is like, every time I knit someone a gift, Chris always puts one stitch in. He knows how to do a knit stitch. So I pick one in a spot that I find to be appropriate. And I let him do one knit stitch and that's his contribution. that's his little signature. Um, And just, I think that's special too.
1: That's cute. I love it. That's such a great thing. So, you know, it's interesting. This one I'm looking at going, I I think originally when I wrote that down, I thought that what I wanted to do was put a tag in every single thing I did that said hand knit by Kathy. Mm Right. So, and some people do that and that's a beautiful thing, but okay, that would involve a sewing thread and a sewing needle. And I do not love those tools in my hands. And then it's just exactly what you have both said, Stephanie and, and Natalie. Um, what I realized is that the signature is that your hands created this. You are just the same thing. If I have to hold a pencil in my hand to write my signature, I have to hold knitting needles and yarn and I am creating. That is my signature, every single stitch. However, I will share one little thing. So my mom, and I think um, you've heard me say this before. So my mom, her signature in most of the sweaters that she did for me, uh, she didn't put tags on them that said love mom or anything like that. She would put a shirt button in the back of the sweater. Now, that was something that was practical. That was, Kathy always knew the front from the back and I didn't wear my clothes backwards, but actually I look at that now as that was her signature. That was her little touch of being original. Yeah,
2: that's cute. You, I love that.
0: I I almost think of um, when we are talking about like putting our signature on th- the things that we knit, like people's ammo for crimes, like, you know, I don't know, leaving a note at the crime scene or something like that. I listen to a lot of true crime podcasts guys. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is really the way, the way that we make things ever because we're all human. We all do it differently. And every time we pick up that knitting, we're either, you know, thinking about the person we're knitting it for. In my case, it's always me. Um, or, you know, we, we're bringing ourselves into our knitting, you know, Whatever kind of day we had, that's that's what's going into the knitting, and that is our own personal, our own personal touch to what we're making.
3: Very true. And our pet hair—that's free. Yeah, Yeah. that's included with the gift. You're
2: welcome.
3: (laughs) I love that you just compared knitting to true crime, though. Yeah, that that warms my heart. Thinking about like people
0: leaving certain things at the scene, you know, cutting off a toe or two.
3: So that leads us to (laughs) number 10, knit with love. There has never been a truer statement. If you don't love what you're doing, then you shouldn't be doing it. Um, We, for bring your project to bring it back to that one, um, there would be people, myself included, you get frustrated over a project, you get frustrated over a stitch, you get frustrated over... Any part of your knitting, and um, we would walk around and remind them: knitting is supposed to be fun. Um, knitting is not supposed to stress you out. Knitting is supposed to be relaxing. And I just hope you all remember us telling you that whenever you would come to classes, that knit with love. Um, this is something that's supposed to be fun. You pass these knitted items down to family, or you hold on to them for yourself. Um, this, this is your time. You know, when, when you do give a gift that's a knitted gift, the big thing is that you did spend all that time um, thinking about that person while you were knitting it and giving it to them. And that was, that's your time. And that's something that is not, you can't put a price on that. So enjoy knitting with love. And remember, if you're not having fun at a project, it's okay to put it down and repurpose that yarn for something else that you do love.
2: Yeah, that's so true. I feel like, I feel like it's hard sometimes. I feel like a lot of people, and I'm very guilty of this, feel like I started something, and need to finish it. Like I don't quit. But I think when you're doing something like knitting or like I do this a lot, like with reading too, like if I'm not liking what I'm reading and it's not like making me excited to read it, I'll put it back. Like I don't need to finish that. It's not serving my purpose. It's not serving my happiness. And if I'm not happy while I'm doing it, I'm not going to do it well. So I just think, you know, there's a lot of, you need to, you give what you get out of something, right? Like some, things have to work for you and serve, serve your purposes just as much as you need to serve their purposes. So I think if you're having fun with the knitting project and you're engaged and you're loving it, like I, the, the project that comes to mind that like makes me so happy is the color block Blanket. Like I just, I love that project. It makes me happy to pick it up and put it down. It's always interesting. It's never done anything bad to me i have never had a serious mistake in it i love that thing and i i feel motivated to knit it because i love it so i think you want to make sure that the things you're you're knitting are being done with love and that's i think the key to do it i think you're right stephanie
1: yeah there's and there's so as we're talking about this there's just so many directions of love in knitting so one of them is is what do what do you love knitting and i just last night as I mentioned earlier, cast on for socks and I didn't have a pair of socks going for longer than I realized because I was working on other things and I can't stop saying it today. I love knitting socks. I love knitting socks. I mean, I literally love knitting socks. Um, and then Brianna, I am right there with you. I'm just going to say my favorite person to knit for is me. I, I love knitting for me. I, 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 I love my projects. I wear my sweaters. I love knitting for me. Um, So I'm right there with you, Joe. It's okay that we love knitting for ourselves. And the other thing, though, is when I do knit for others, I I promise you that I am knitting for you because I love you too. That there is totally a love factor, and I would never commit to a project for anyone who I didn't love because, you know, when you think about it, and I'm in awe sometimes of, you know, looking at busy lives who have who are actively knitting a knitter creates their project one stitch at a time there's a lot of love in there so um there's there's so many different ways to think about love one last thing i promise i'll say it really fast the ultimate love story there for me is my mom who made me that God awful cabled sweater. (laughs) It's still at the shop. It'll be probably the last thing to come out the door, but I keep it. It was just too many cables and it was just not the right sweater for a big girl like me, but God love her. She put a lot of love into it. And I know she could see my face and I'll never forget it to this day when she said to me, Kathy, what I want you to know is every time I turned a cable, I said, I love you. And I truly hope that Everybody, when you are making your cable blanket, there, Stephanie. Every time you turn that cable, you said, "I love you," and now I do love that sweater. I just don't wear it. Okay, that's enough about love.
0: <laughs> I love it in different ways, but I, don't I, I think I I think about this in a more greater sense that people who are drawn to knitting are drawn for a reason. And I think it's like a way to find that like meditative, relaxing thing to do something with your hands, to create something for yourself or somebody else. And it's something to be proud of. And all of that generates the, the knitting with love, enjoying what you do, putting love or, you know, blood, sweat, and tears into every stitch. I mean, quite literally you're you're using your body to make something and that's really that's awesome to me
1: you know it's it brings together a community I think of passionate people um and I think that they we tend to see in our knitting communities um people who understand the meaning of love really truly from their heart are people who feel that sense of love it's the meditative it's all of that it's it's a passion it's pretty fascinating all right
0: well that's all all 10 of our principles um is there anything else that we want to add to any of those i think we're all good and i do we have any updates for folks Um, I think we kind of just have to let people know that this may be our 101st episode, but it will not be our last episode. Um, Kathy and Ed are retiring and the knitting shop is closing, but we still love doing this podcast and we know that you guys who are listening Enjoy listening to us. So, we're so thankful for you guys. Um, So, we're going to keep doing it in the new year. So, stay tuned. Um, You might see us on a different night. We're still figuring out logistics. Um, But, yeah, keep listening if you want to um, keep following us. We will not be, we won't have a social media. Um, for a while, and we won't have a website for right now. Um, So make sure you find us on whatever podcast platform you listen to. And please leave us a positive review on Apple Podcasts so more people can find us. So hopefully you finished your drink by now because it's time for us to bind off. Thanks for listening.